Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You are listening to the Life Autistic Podcast with Ryan Summers. When I hit my 40s, after a lifetime of thinking, what the fuck is wrong with me? I finally discovered that I was undiagnosed autistic. This podcast is my journey, my discoveries, learning about autism, about my autism, about life with autism and having conversations with other autistic adults, sharing our experiences relating to one another. And hopefully anyone listening can learn a little bit about us, learn a little bit from us about the life autistic. Available on any podcast app that you use. Hope you enjoy. Give us a shout if you got questions or comments. Thank you. Okay, I'm recording. Uh-huh. So, right. okay. So, uh, hi. say hi. <laughs> hi. There it goes. Yep, it's recording. Uh, so I'm talking to hi. Joyce. Joyce is yeah. in Kenya. Yeah. And um, we're hoping that the internet's holding up because Joyce lives in Kenya and I live in a tiny little town in Canada. And we both have spotty internet at times, so. Yes, we do, yeah. Um, so, Joyce, uh, mm-hmm. what were we just talking about? We were just chatting a little bit before I started recording, and I just wanted to sort of um, cover a little bit of that again before we kind of move forward, because we're I, I'm really loving the conversation that we're having. Yeah. So, we, I mean, this... Um, unique position where I happen to have had interacted with people on the autistic spectrum and then I ended up being in a relationship with somebody on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. So you first reached out to me, I want to say... I don't know, a month or, or, or two ago, like, um, yes. you, you discovered the podcast somehow. Yes. Well, I had been, re- I had been listening to the podcast for a bit, for a while. Yeah. And then I followed you on, on Facebook and then I reached out to you. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm neurotypical. NT. Yeah. So you are, you identify as a neurotypical NT. Yes. Definitely. Um, yeah. 
the, the first thing I want to say is, is thanks. Thanks for listening. And, and that's really cool. And I'm, I have to say, I'm just blown away that like somebody living in Kenya, uh, found, <laughs> found my, my humble little podcast. That's like so cool to me. I know, yeah, the power of the internet, yeah, technology, links of, yeah. It's so cool, and as much as I hate the internet sometimes, and I get all like, I'm going to quit everything and go live in a, (laughs) in a cave somewhere and meditate and get off the internet. Like it's it's yeah, it's yeah, so cool. Yeah, well, we're more alike than we're different. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you were just telling me a little bit about your your yourself, and and do you want to mm-hmm. do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself again, just for, and and yeah. for anyone who so might be listening? I'm Thirty-four years old. Yeah. I was born in Africa in Nairobi, Kenya. Okay. I lived all of my life in Africa. But I've been to London for two years, but that's it. The rest of my life has been in Kenya. Okay. Did you go, like, how old were you when you were in London? Um, 25 to 27. Okay. Were you going to school yeah. there or just working there? Or? Well, no, 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 no. My dad went to uni, to um, a doctorate, so I was with him for two years. Oh, and then okay. I came back. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and what what do you what like? You said you're 34. Yes. Yeah, and like, do you what do you do for work or for your life or? Um, my bachelor's was in psychology. Okay. Um, in Nairobi, and um, I now work for a human resource. You know, HR human resource company. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. But um, yeah, my bachelor's was in psychology. Yeah. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. like you and I have been chatting, um, on on the WhatsApp chat app for I don't know a month or two now, and having some pretty yes. cool back and forth. And I've just been sort of blown yes. away by your insights, like just some of the stuff that you've said. And this mm-hmm. is interesting because you know, um. Yeah, I've I've just found your your. Yeah, this is what is interesting is that when I lived in London, when I went to see, to be with my dad, I worked in a in a I don't know what you call it where they take the learning disability t- kids the the small kids. Yeah? yeah, yeah. It it's not the it's not the public school. They have a special school for special kids with special needs. Okay. Right? So I worked there, and I worked with autistic kids, yeah? And then, and my experience of the autistic kids is that they had sensory difficulties in the sense that they were excessively sensitive. Mm-hmm. They were excessively sensitive to light, to sound, to smells, to human emotions. Yes. So if I was with an autistic kid and I was calm, they were themselves. They spoke to me more. They were able to be themselves a little bit more. Like I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, um, it's almost as if their real personality came out if the sensory world was muted. Yes, if you get my drift. A hundred percent. I don't know if you understand me. It's almost as if autism is a is a disability of hypersensitivity. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier because I I agree with that a hundred percent. I I feel like it's it's um oh I think it lost connection there. Now it's trying to reconnect to you. Just pausing here as the internet it, we've lost the connection but we're trying to but the app is trying to reconnect um call failed i'm going to try to call back see if that works let's see
this is um this is technology this is cool this is like me and my little tiny oh here we go are you back yeah, it's good. I was just saying it's it's this is technology and it's like me and my little cabin in the woods yeah. in the country in in Bayfield, Canada, yeah. and then you uh, across the world in Africa. It's really in, cool. In Africa, in, in Nairobi. Yeah. I wish you can come visit me in Nairobi. <laughs> well, you know what? Anyway, you asked me earlier if I'd ever been to you. Africa, and I said no. But now, mm. now I know. Now I know somebody there. So that's. <laughs> so. Yeah. So now you're more invested. Yeah. So my experience with the kids in the in the center that I worked in was that if you could somehow reduce the intensity of the sensory information coming mm -hmm. to them, yeah, you would see them at the optimal performance. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that meant reducing the sensory, um, the sensory overload in the sense of sight, um, smells, yeah, um, um, loud um, volume, and even more important was emotional sensitivity. Yeah. In the sense that I realized with this kid, if if I came in and I was maybe having my period and I was in a bad mood, they picked up the mood I was in. Yeah. As if it was there. I don't know how to explain it to you, but they picked up whatever it is that I was expressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it was. It's very weird that I came back to Kenya. I forgot about it. I um I went to uni. I went about my life, um, and then I met this guy who happened to be on the spectrum. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I should speak about him, <laughs> but well, don't don't um, say anything if you're not comfortable saying it. You know, and and well, he's the typical um. Uh, typical ASD presentation. He's forty-seven, very accomplished uh, in in African standards. In the sense that he's he's high in a government um, um, office, yeah. uh, but he's unmarried and he has no children. He seems to be very unsuccessful with personal relationships. Yeah. But, um. But, and he, um, I met him through a best friend of mine, and he was known to be very abrupt, very arrogant. The way they described him hmm. was somebody who was arrogant, dismissive, um, who, who would essentially have a temper tantrum. And basically, people were afraid to approach him because he was very, you know, yeah. emotional. Yeah. So, but the weird thing is because, uh, I don't know, my temperament is a bit calm. Around me, he would be mellow. Yeah. And then I picked up on the fact that he was behaving around me the way the kids in England used to behave around me. Yeah. In the sense that... <laughs> In the sense that the kids in England would be, mm, would sort of take on whatever you're projecting. If you're mm -hmm. angry at them, they would be angry back. If you're calm, they will be calm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I picked up. I picked up on that. So, uh, you know, needless to say, I became very attached. Yeah. And he became very attached. Now, did did he know he was autistic? No, no, he doesn't even know. Oh, he still doesn't. He doesn't acknowledge it. No. Oh, he doesn't. <laughs> so you've no, di you've diagnosed it. him, but he he's oh, not yeah. aware of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I, I picked it up the first the first day I met I met him because of steam of the stimming thing. Interesting. Because yeah. did you say because of stimming? 
Yeah. What was it? What was he doing for stimming? A fish, official thing. Oh. The carpet stim. Yeah. Like squeezing his eyes or something. His mouth. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Mm. Now, like this, actually, that that leads me to wonder. Like, uh, mm -hmm. what is it like in Kenya? Mm -hmm. it, it, is, is an autism diagnosis common there? Is it not common? Is mm -hmm. it getting more common? Like, is it, I know here, like, there's a, there are a lot of people, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s and up that were not diagnosed mm -hmm. because they weren't really looking for it when we were all in school. Uh, nowadays, mm -hmm. it's more common for kids to get noticed and get that diagnosis early what what how is it mm -hmm. in kenya like are people aware of autism there is it is it in well, the yeah. is it in the, well, the yeah. public conversation it is in the conversation in the sense that um you know all of us now have ipads we have access to internet yeah. um having said that I, can, I have to conflict my experience in England and my experience in Kenya. It, it isn't, well, it's obviously a lot better than it was a decade ago, but it isn't, sure. yeah. It's not something the government is actively pursuing mm. or actively investing in now. No. Are there, is there support for like kids in school, like getting, uh, assessed at a young age and getting support or, or is it still not there? It depends on how, it depends, because you know, the thing about developing, what the developing world is that everything is dependent on your net worth. Yeah. So if you can pay for it. Then you will get the assessment, and then you will get a special sort of care. But okay. if you can't pay for it, then you you don't have access to it. Okay, no. so it's not like paid for in the school system yet. No, 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 it isn't. No. Okay, so that's like I guess that's one thing that we're certainly lucky here is that our school system yeah. is is public funded and and there is support. Um, yes. Which is, which is. And like I said, my first interaction with autistic kids was in England in uh, yeah. an institution that was taking care of specifically yeah. kids that were on the spectrum. Sure. And that is how I knew, that is how I interacted with them. That is how I knew that autism, as far as I'm concerned, is a disability of high sensitivity. Yeah. As, as, as far as I, I think. Yeah. Now, we were talking about yeah. this earlier, and I, I very much agree with you. And I think when people talk about the sensitivity of autistic people on autistic brains, you know, we're very aware in the conversation of the sensitivity to, like, bright lights and, and sounds and strong smells and these types of things. But I don't think there's enough conversation about the emotional sensitivity because I do think that plays a huge part and it's almost like... Do you agree it's... with me, though? Do you think that that, that is a, an aspect of ASD, the high sensitivity to emotion? I think, I mean... Oh, I, I, people are, yeah. I, I agree as agree far as, like, yes, I think that's my experience. Um, like, uh -huh. it's, it's sort of strange because people talk about autistic brains as, like, as if... And they, one of the common things they say they, is, they like... And I don't agree with it. That's, I think that you have so much empathy that it sort of uh, um, makes you shocked to yeah. not being able to act. That is, you took the, you, you took the yeah. words right out of my mouth because I was going to say the exact yeah. same thing. They, they talk about autistics as having, as lacking empathy, no empathy. but I feel like it's yeah. like an over, it's an, it's an yeah. overly strong That's empathy. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like the empathy is like so strong that it sort of shocks the system and uh -huh. overpowers it. Like kind of like like imagine like electricity like getting an electric shock and then everything shuts down uh -huh. because it just kind of like short circuits. And that's been my experience uh -huh. I find like is like 
And it is something that neurotypical people cannot relate to. Because neurotypical people are able to sort of lie about... Because I think people on the autism spectrum, uh, the kids that I worked with, had an intuitive knowing of how I was feeling. So I couldn't fake it with them. But with neurotypical people, you can fake it. So with my sisters and my mom and everybody else that is neurotypical, yeah. I can be feeling like crap and then sort of have a smile in front of them mm-hmm. and then they will respond to me based on what I present to them. But the autistic kids that I dealt with, and this is why my my outlook on autism has always been different, is because yeah. the autism kids I dealt with sort of had an intuitive knowing of what I really felt, yeah. regardless of what that I presented yeah. and neurotypical and the neurotypical world is sort of based on these lies and falsehoods and yeah. presenting what it is you want people to think what it is that you want people to know about you so um so it it, it really it's really difficult for somebody on the autism on the autism spectrum yeah because a you can't lie B, you can't lie to yourself what you perceive of somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's very difficult of you to have a relationship with a neurotypical person because anti-anti relationships, I'm sorry to say, are based on a lot of falsehoods. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that too, like, like, like there's a lot of, I notice even in my, in my relationship when I when like, sometimes I would say something and then she would say, like, assume that I meant something else. You know what I mean? And I'd say, and she'd say, well, well, you really meant, you really meant this. And I'm like, well, no, if I really meant that, I would have said that because I actually use the words that I mean. Like, what's that? Honesty isn't really acceptable in a neurotypical relationship. No, and and I've always found that confusing. It it's like I don't understand why people don't just say what they mean. Like, it isn't. Uh, yes, honesty isn't really acceptable in an NT relationship no. because. So this is difficult for me to express because I have experience with ASD. Like I said, I worked in FD with FD kids for a very long time, and then I know the anti-dynamic. So yeah. the anti-dynamic is about knowing what my lie to myself is. Yeah. So I'm probably size 12, right? What's let's, that? Okay, let's say I'm size 12, yeah? Oh, sure. But to in my head, I'm size 10, right? Got, gotcha. And then my boyfriend. Oh, it could And then he has to tell me that I'm size 10 not to offend me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether he knows I'm size 12. He does, it doesn't matter whether the rest of the world knows I'm size 12 or 14. Yeah. He knows the kind thing to do is to tell me I'm size 10. This is an acceptable way of being in neurotypical relationships. Yeah, which sounds so confusing to me. (laughs) Bizarre. Bizarre, yeah. But that's the reality. Yeah. So there's all this, there's so many rules yeah. In the NT sort of thing, which is what throws when an NT attempts to have a relationship with a, somebody on the spectrum, mm-hmm. even when you have very good intentions, because your brain is wired on the say on the size ten lie sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he it shocks you it shows you I don't you can't it's it's impossible to because I thought I honestly thought I was the I was the one person
person that was equipped to be with somebody on the ASD spectrum. Yeah. I really did. Well, it sounds like you would be because you have that experience, yes, you have that insight, you have that knowledge. I, yeah. Um, yes, theoretically. I know the theory. I know the... I know how the ASD mind works, right? So do you want to get into that a bit? Do you want to talk a little bit about your your experience dating somebody who has autism? And and obviously, like, for the sake of privacy, we won't reveal any details about the person. But do you you feel comfortable talking a bit about it? Yeah, ask me. Ask me a question. Ask me anything. Well, I mean, I'm... Because we were chatting, and this is why I'm fascinated by this, because you are an NT person who has just ended a relationship with a person with ASD, and I am an ASD. I, I am an ASD. Ended it. Oh, you haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, yeah, I'm so hopeful. Okay, I'm sorry. And but, I'm an ASD person yeah. who is 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 was with a, an yeah. NT person, and and our relationship is is um well, we're separated right now. So, um, you know, as, as far as I can tell, it's, it's over. Um, I'm not, Uh I I wish it wasn't, but there we are. Um, so Uh it's, that's, you know, it's been funny, our chats back and forth, our, our messages, because it's just, I feel like we've been asking each other questions and and it's like, so what, what are some of the, what are, okay, let's start with the positives. What are some of the things that you love about this and this this ASD person, and then and then what are the some of the challenges you face? Okay, um, the, well, the thing that I love is that I'm I'm very aware of how difficult it is for him to navigate personal relationships. Yeah. So I know he's not going to cheat on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have to deal with one woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two, three, four, or five. So, uh, you know, that's that's amazing for a neurotypical woman. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's that for me is um is the basic, right? Yeah. Um, the second thing is he t- he does tell you the truth. Yeah. Like if if I've had a weekend of indulgence. And then I say to him, oh, have I put on a few pounds? He, he, he will tell you what he thinks. <laughs> He's not going to lie to you. He will tell you, oh, my God, you've eaten a bit too much. You know. Yeah. He's, he, he doesn't think to lie before he tells the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and your typical men lie even before they know what the truth is. <laughs> <laughs> So and a guy on the, on on the autism spectrum is a bit of a shock because he tells you the truth because yeah. he doesn't think to lie. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. Um. Um. And then because as I said to you, I think of ASD as. A disability of hypersensitivity. Yeah. And for me, that means that they're hyper empathic, hyper everything. So they're going to take care of the people in their lives a lot more mm-hmm. than neurotypical people because they feel the pain of the people in their lives a lot more yeah. than neurotypical people would. And I thought I was high empathic until I encountered people on the autism spectrum, to be honest. People on the autism spectrum feel a lot more than any neurotypical would ever feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so then we go to the negatives. Or the challenges. Yeah. The challenges. Yeah. Number one is rumination. Is what, sorry? Rumination. Rumination. Yeah. Can you expand on rumination that? Rumination is going 
over something in your head for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. So somebody that wronged you in 1997, yeah. you can still give me the exact details of what they did, when they did it, how they did it. Yeah. Do you know what? Like combination, you go over something over and over and over and over and over, years and years and years. Yeah. And you can tell me how it happened, when it happened, and it happened two decades ago. Yeah. So he can tell me about his exes and what he, his exes did 20 years ago. Yeah. So that's rumination. Mm. And basically, rumination keeps you in a negative mentality, revenge, being wronged, victim mentality yes. type mentality. Yeah, so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, the second thing is emotional reactivity. Yeah. I do not. You know, people say meltdowns, shutdowns, whatever. Yeah. Um, Excessive emotional, negative display of emotions which freaks neurotypicals and makes you, they, it freaks out neurotypicals and it makes them flee from you and leaves you isolated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the rumination is bad because it's bad for you. And then the emotional reactivity is bad because it, it makes people run away from you. So you're isolated. Yeah. And then the rumination also makes you have a negative perception of yourself. Yes. And then uh, you're less likely to... Because neurotypicals don't... We don't have such... We don't ruminate as much. So, um, So if you broke my heart... Tomorrow, I will call you an asshole and I will move on, right? Yeah. So I'm more likely to preserve my own self-esteem and then go on to find another job, another relationship, etc. Yeah. But an AFD person will be ruminating 20 years down the line yeah. about how they were fired from some job, about how they were heartbroken, etc. So they never move on from it. Mm. Yeah. So you might be way more intelligent than I am, but you won't get as many relationships or as many jobs as I do. Because you can't let... Essentially, you're more idealistic than I am. Yeah, so that's something That's something you mentioned to me earlier, and I did want to ask you about that. You said more idealistic. Uh, so what did you mean by that? Because the thing... The thing that I have seen with the kids that I worked with and this guy that I ended up dating, oh my God, I think I'm supposed to write a book or something. I it's think not, you should. <laughs> I think the biggest difference between neurotypical people and people on the ASD spectrum is that you do not expect injustice. Yeah. No, for you, it's way more traumatic than it is to a neurotypical person. Yeah. So you would think about it endlessly because you don't expect it, you do not accept it. Yeah. You think about it for hours and hours and end. That is something I can completely relate to because it's like I've had I've had experiences in my life where like people I trusted took advantage of me or stole from me or yes. did things or, yes, or like and and it's like every that's time it every every time yes. it sorry let me just every time it happens I'm like caught off guard and I'm surprised and I'm yes. traumatized and then everyone around yes. me just says well you should just protect yourself or get used to it or just assume people are going to do this stuff. But I never learn the lesson. And every time it happens, I'm just like completely surprised. And yeah, it's, it's like traumatic. And then everyone's like, well, just get over it and move on. And I'm just like, how is this normal for you people? Like it's fucked up. 
thing that, and this is why I say I'm so different because I work with kids on the autism spectrum, yeah. is the fact that they didn't expect people to be mean to them. Yeah. So when somebody, when we were walking on the street, right, and then a driver walked past and splashed water on them, they were shocked by it. Yeah. They couldn't believe that another human being can just touch water on a human being and go on with their lives as usual. Yeah. But neurotypical kids didn't think the way that autism spectrum kids think. Yeah. Neurotypical kids think you splash water on me, I'm gonna pour mud on you. Yeah. You know, you just made me. You just made me. You just made me think of something there that I. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So neurotypical kids think, oh my god, you did this to me. I'm gonna revenge you. Autistic kids are shocked by this act. They take about two months to process it. Yeah. (laughs) And first of all, they deny that it was deliberate. Yeah. Because they wouldn't do that to somebody else. Yeah. So they deny that it's deliberate. And they never come to a point where they accept that it could have happened on purpose. Mm. And you know what? You, you just, you and just... this is why I tell you that I think of ASD as an issue of hypersensitivity. Yeah. Because these kids are so pure. They're so believing in humankind and goodness that they don't believe somebody can flash mud on you yeah. deliberately. Yeah. Neurotypical kids accept it and then they say, I will, pour, I will get mad and throw it out here. Yeah. I just so thought of, I just, I just thought of something like with what you're saying that I think it is uh-huh. that I never really thought of before, but in what you're saying of like how autistic kids will will sort of be like surprised when they see shocked and they'll be shocked and they and then when they're like bullied or they're victims of something it's like a shocking thing but then because they're autistic and they're different they might actually get bullied more often as well so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a double whammy it's like you're getting bullied more often and it's also more traumatic and i think that's why a lot of autistic Mm -hmm. kids grow up and they have like sort of symptoms of like post-traumatic stress and things like this because because of these kind of behaviors yes because they don't expect it they don't i know when i was young i i was very much like i had sort of an idealistic view of the world and yeah like when bad behaviors would confuse the hell out of me and i just uh, you still do though no, I completely, I completely still do. I completely still do. Like I always, I always assume the best of people, and then, and then. You can't shift. What's that? If you're on the ASD spectrum, you're idealistic by default. I think that's mostly true. I, I also, I, I mean, I think there can still be autistic people who are assholes. You know, um, I don't, I don't want to like take, the, I don't want to take that away. Because they can be, and and I've seen a lot of it on yeah. on on the internet. Yeah. But it's reactive. It's reactive. Yeah. It's never. It's never. Um. You know the way they say OCG who went and blew up blood school without being. That is never an ASD. An ASD can react. But they will never initiate. When when somebody on the spectrum has been traumatized long enough, and this is what I'm worried about in my own instance, yeah. is that the guy I'm with, and this is very possible, you can get post-traumatic stress syndrome to yeah. the point where you're too dysfunctional to have a normal relationship. Yes, that is that is very possible. Absolutely, I think that that, is, I think that's actually that is, very common. Yes, and that is what I worry about when about my own instance and with the guy I'm with. Yeah, because I find that uh, if you were to take a sample of human beings, I'm very mellow. 
I'm yeah. not reactive. I'm kind, especially because I know where he's coming from. Yeah. So I'm not reactive, and yet he finds things to react to. Mm -hmm. So it is possible to be so traumatized that you cannot operate normally in the world. Yes. Right. Yeah. And this is what happens to people who've been to who've who've been in war. Yeah. And they come and they're beating up their wives, they're beating up their children, and they can't be reintegrated into normal life. Right. Yeah. Well, we so, talked. Yeah, we talked. What's that? That is my worry that uh, the trauma of of being in a world that isn't neurologically like yours yeah. can take you to the point where you're no longer able to have normal relationships. Yeah, and I think that I yeah. think that is very common because I think uh, you build you build these like through all these traumas, like you build these like survival mechanisms and different things that you do and these, yeah. and these like negative beliefs, because you, we talked about this yeah. earlier, like you, you spend your whole life living in a world that is constantly telling you that you are wrong, that everything that mm -hmm. comes natural to you, like your natural ways of thinking and behaving and being, it's reinforced that those are yeah. not, ex not acceptable. So be, who you are is not actually acceptable to anybody. So you have to constantly try mm -hmm. to pretend to be someone else to be accepted. And, and then every time mm -hmm. you make a mistake and you don't do that cr properly, mm -hmm. you're then uh, shown again that you're not, you're not accepted or you're not correct or you're, something's wrong with you. So you do kind of internalize all these beliefs. Like I've been, I know in my life I've internalized all these negative beliefs about myself that, that I'm, I'm not good enough and that I'm not worthy of love or, or any of these things because there's something uh, wrong with me. Like I was born broken, but you know, yeah. I'm kind of working all that stuff right yeah. now with my coach, like trying to undo all that stuff and, and like figure it out and, and, and overcome these negative self beliefs and, and, and the behaviors that they lead to. Yeah. And then you see your siblings, people you went to school with, everybody's getting married, everybody's having children, everybody's being able to navigate normal relationships. Yeah. And you're wondering, what is it about me that I can't do that? Yeah. And if I am standing here and I'm telling you that there's nothing wrong with you, actually, what what is different about you is that you're idealistic and you're too good to be in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've often felt that. I really have. I've often I felt know, that. I know. I know you have. And if I want, and and the only reason I know this is because I worked with those kids, yeah. and and because I was able to be there for about six months, and I knew that with these children you can't fake because with neurotypicals you can fake anything. Yeah, I can be feeling like crap and smile at you. And you take my smile over what it is that I'm feeling. But with kids on the spectrum, they seem to pick up your emotions more than what it is you're portraying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, wonder, so, I wonder what that and, mechanism is. Like, I wonder how how they're picking up those emotions. Because we because because autistic people like we we have a really hard time reading tone of voice and body language and, and, exactly. and all these things accurately but it's like so how are we picking up this intuitive emotional sense is that something i'm fascinated let me by tell you. yeah let me tell you yeah. if i hadn't worked in that place i couldn't explain it to you yeah i couldn't i couldn't explain it to you but what i can say to you is that those children knew how i was feeling in spite of what I was trying to portray. Yeah. But how did they know? That is the reality. But how did they I know? Don't, I, you know? I don't want to sound new edgy and say there's an energy or, or an aura or whatever. I, I don't want to say those things. But I'm, I'm going to say to you that people on the autistic spectrum
from have a hypersensitivity to things that neurotypical don't have neurotypical people don't have access to. I can I, take that to the bank. No, yeah. And that is the reason why I was interested in my guy, who I knew from day one was on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. And this is something yeah. that, what you just said fascinates me, because this is something that I sort of like intuitively know, but I also mm -hmm. have like a very, like I believe in like science and everything. So like part of me just yeah. goes, well, that just sounds crazy. Like new age stuff, but then I, but in my heart, yeah. I in my heart I know it because that's how I felt my whole life. Yeah. Like I just yeah. have this sense. And that's why I said my name is Wombly. I'm from Nairobi. I know it's not new agey. I tell you, it's an energy or an aura or something. Yeah. All I know is that I couldn't lie to the kids. Yeah. And all I know is that I cannot lie to the guy I'm with. What did you say? Autistic people pick up something that neurotypical people... What did you say? Yes. I told you, as far as I'm concerned, Yeah. as far as my interaction with people on the SD spectrum, I think of people on the, of, on the autistic spectrum as, as people with hypersensitivity. Yeah. In the sense that they pick up on things the neurotypical people can't. Yeah. So, um, so, and how I knew this is because I told you my bachelor's was in psych, right? And tem my temperament is usually happy, bubbly, calm person. But as a woman, I have this on days when I'm not as calm, as bubbly. Yeah. And the kids would pick up what I'm at. If I'm calm, yeah. they would be calm. Yeah. They would pick up my energy. They would pick up... And they weren't... Some of them weren't even speaking. Hmm. So yeah. even, even the non-verbal kids? non-verbal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a way I could look at him, and he would I would know what it is that he wants, what it is that he needs. Yeah. And I, and some of them I would hold his hands, and he would come down from his meltdown, shutdown, whatever. Yeah. So in a sense, I felt like I was the asky whisperer. <laughs> well, you sound like one to me. It's it's crazy because I like the. The, the text messages we've been going back and forth with for weeks now, it's like I have these text conversations with you and I just, I've, I've said to you a few times, I'm like, how do you know so much? Like you just, like I would say something and then you would just reply back with exactly the thing I was about to say next. And I'm like, how do you know? I don't understand. You are, you are like a autism, autism whisperer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. This is the mystery of life. Um, you mentioned before that you should write a book. I 100% agree with that. And I think, I think, I think. No, I, no, I shouldn't write a book. Don't encourage me. No, I think, I think you, I, I don't know. I just get this sense, of, I get this sense about you that you, you uh, are, are, are going to be an ally for us. And I and I no, I get that sense. The thing is, I had this weird, weird opportunity of dealing with kids in the autism spectrum when they're really young. Yeah. When they're not, uh, um, when they haven't been traumatized. Yeah. When they're still idealistic, when they still have faith. Yeah. When they still believe in the goodness of the world. Yeah. So when they experienced me, they were willing to trust me. Because yeah. the thing that I'm experiencing now, that I expected would be a, would be a, you know easy because I've dealt with the kids. I thought that my boyfriend would be a walk in the park, but it, it isn't. No. Because you cannot minimize the trauma. Because I told you he's 47. You cannot minimize half a century of trauma. No, you can't. So, you can't. So he's not willing to give me the leeway that those 
children were. Yeah. He's built up too many defenses. Yes, he has. And unfortunately, I, 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 um, I, don't, I thought I could, but I don't think I can. Yeah, and I understand that. Unfortunately, yeah. That's the reality of, of, of where we're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, it's hard, you know, man. It's hard. Yeah, because... Um, trauma shapes people. Yeah. Trauma can make people monsters. And and all these autistic people that have blown up houses, that have done this extraordinary thing, it's because of the trauma they've experienced. It's because they've been rejected over and over and over. It's because we've been told yeah. your sensitivity is wrong or whatever. Yeah. But I've had the unique experience of of seeing autistic kids before they had the the, the trauma exposed to them, mm. and they're very idealistic. Yeah, they're very loving. I ha- I can go to the point of saying that when they were, I can say this as now on whatever spiritual book you want me to swear the Bible it is me. But when a when an autistic child trusted you or felt safe around you, they interacted exactly the same way as a neurotypical kid. You couldn't tell the difference. There was no yeah. meltdown, there was no shutdown, there was no nothing. Yeah. Yes. This is something that so, oh man, because that so, touches that touches on something that I think about too a lot is that I feel in a weird way when I'm around people that I'm a hundred percent comfortable with, I feel less autistic, which is so strange to yeah. say. And yeah. I don't, I don't, when I don't you're know. Around people you feel completely safe with. Yeah. This is my experience. That when they were around you and they felt completely safe with you, you could not distinguish them from a neurotypical kid. You really couldn't. Yeah. But they had to feel completely safe with you. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, autism is about hypersensitivity. It's about hyperanxiety. Yeah. It's about all these things that makes them that makes them unable to be themselves and unsafe situation. Yeah. So yeah. do you do you currently so, do any work with with autistic kids or adults? Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> do you have any plans I, in that I direction? No, I don't. I uh, I met this guy that I fell in love with. Um, that was frustrating me to no end. Yeah. Because um, I tried to do with him what I did with those kids. Yeah. I was um, as calm as possible. I was as, I made him trust me as much as possible. And around me, he would be normal. But as soon as I left, he would go back to being weird as people defined him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would be weird with me as well. Hmm. If I wasn't around him. Yeah. When I'm around him, weirdly, I can, I can sort of mute his. I, I don't know if there's a word for it, but I could mute. I could bring down what neurotypicals think as you know. Yeah. You know what's funny is but like then, there's an irony to that because sometimes the the people that you're the most comfortable with uh, and the most like you feel the most safe with. You you then are in a calmer state and and maybe not yeah. showing like autistic traits as much. So then, like exactly. for me, for me, I've discovered that in my life, as I've discovered uh, my own autism and sort of come out, oftentimes mm-hmm. it's the people who are the closest to me who don't believe me because they're the ones that would not see it as much. Does exactly. That, does that make sense? Because your traits are more visible when you're a bit. Stressed out when you're not yourself. Yeah. So like so when the, you, the clerk when at the the clerk at the 
you wouldn't express those traits. What's that, sorry? I said when you're around people that make you feel calm, yeah. your traits are not, are not as visible yeah. as when you're in an anxious situation. Yeah. It's like it's like the the, the 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 person working the counter at like the grocery store might uh-huh. look at me and think I'm a total weirdo because I'm bouncing and stimming uh-huh. and I'm talking funny and I'm doing all these weird exactly. things. But then I don't uh-huh. do those weird things when I'm around like my best friends or my f- close family because I've spent decades getting to know them and feeling uh-huh. comfortable. So I I'm in a calmer state. And they accept you. And the thing and I realized about ASD is acceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more, because the thing, the thing I acknowledged about this guy that I'm dating is that he's ridiculously intelligent. Yeah. He's about for I'm intelligent myself. Yeah. I, I won't lie to you. I did very well in London uni. Yeah. He's about 30 or 40 points more intelligent than I am. He has a doctorate yeah. from London School of Economics in, in Medicine. Yeah. And yet he cannot wash a sufuria, a pot. You can't wash a pot. No! He yeah. cannot take care of himself in the house. Yeah. He can't. See, so it's he it's funny because I totally like the Sorry, what? Yeah. He has intelligence in some areas and he's completely useless in some areas. Yeah. That's how I feel so, too, because like I like I grew up I like I was identified as a kid as like gifted and like I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm in the the you know top two percent IQ wise if you if you believe in those measurements and I I I, I, oh, yes, I, I I understand things like I can read things and understand them. I'm I'm smart. I'm creative, but like as far as like running like my house, like paying bills on time or keeping a clean and organized house or just like basic day to day stuff, remembering to do laundry yeah. or like like I just basic sort of executive function day to day stuff. Like I'm completely helpless. I just get lost in it. I get stressed out by it. I can't figure it out. Simple things. I just get so overwhelmed by, but yet, like you know, things that require intelligence, like solving puzzles or looking for patterns or things like that. I, I'm, I'm great at. Okay, so you remember my name, right? Yeah. Boy, if there's one thing I want you to take away from this conversation, yeah is that that intelligence that you cannot quantify is 3,000 times more valuable to human beings than that dishwashing, arranging your clothes bullshit that you're worried about. Yeah. So never, ever allow anybody to tell you anything different because the reality of the NT experience is that we can never see what you lot see yeah and you have to believe in what you bring to us because it's ridiculously exceptional you have to believe in how exceptional it is. I'm obsessed with Bill Gates. I'm obsessed with Warren Buffett. I'm obsessed with all those people. And they're all autistic. Yeah. They are all autistic. Yeah. Warren Buffett's wife left him and went to San Francisco because he can't have a conversation. You need to understand the value that we bring to our lives that we can't see if we didn't have you guys. Yeah. You need to understand that. And I'm in this bizarre position where I do understand it. (laughs) So you need to understand the value um, you bring to our lives that we can't... Huh? No, I'm just writing down what you said 
you need to understand the value you bring to our lives. Yes, you that need to understand. That we can't see. What was it that we can't see? <laughs> we can't see we without We cannot see. We really can't. The neurotypical brain cannot see that. Yeah. It, uh, it is so... 90% of the neurotypical brain is devoted to social interactions. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to understand your value. Yeah. Yes. Oh. You... If you remember anything, if you remember my name and you remember anything about that, my conversation with you, yeah. That is it. I'm gonna tell you something don't, right now. Don't worry about don't worry about anything else. Just worry I'm, about what it is that you do differently and do it well. I'm gonna tell you something right now. You are the first uh -huh. guest on this podcast that has made me cry. Because the last five minutes you've just made me cry because what you've said has been so powerful to me and so kind and loving and empowering and like a reminder oh. to like focus on what's good and what is valuable and and not keep beating myself up for not meeting like other people's nt standards of things and just to like it, i i'm i'm crying right now and i can't thank you enough like you you are the whisperer and i love you and i appreciate you thank you Oh my god, really? That's amazing. Yeah. I was afraid that we wouldn't understand each other with my Moran accent from no. Central No, you're, you're just, you've just had a huge impact on me in this conversation and I, I can't I can't oh thank god. you enough for that. It's it's been very wonderful and powerful. Thank you. Oh my god. Wow. Well, I reached out to you asking you a question. <laughs> and you replied. So it's amazing. I guess it is a global village, right? It is. It's the brilliant. fact that you're talking to somebody that was raised in central, central Kenya. I know it blows my it blows me away. This is and we can understand each other. This has made me love the internet again. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, and and it shows that we're more alike than we are different. Yeah, somebody in Nairobi is struggling with a partner that is on the spectrum, and mm. I was listening to your podcast of. Hey everybody, this is Ryan. Thanks so much for listening and uh, I hope you got something out of this show. If you'd like to support this podcast, please do so. You can find us on all social medias at The Life Autistic. Um, look for us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Please like, comment, share, send us questions. The Life Autistic Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please reach out. We are uh, setting up a patreon account soon for those who would like to support we've had a few people uh, a number of people message and uh, ask me how they can support this podcast which is much appreciated and i do currently have something set up on the site called buy me a coffee where you can uh, throw a few bucks our way to help us with producing the show so anyway again thanks for listening reach out would love to hear from you and take care peace the life autistic Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 